Hello and welcome to Boxing and Bullshit. I'm your host, Alex Diaz. It is Wednesday, April 15th. Holy shit, it's actually been it's been a really long time. It's been I think about three weeks since I've recorded anything. Um, this episode will just be me by myself. Uh, get into just a few topics. It'll be just uh, maybe just start getting back into the groove of things. There isn't too much going on. No, uh, no professional sports that I know of that are ongoing right now. Uh, and the only pass that I've seen so far is for the WWE, which obviously we don't consider a sport. <laughs> but we'll go through a few topics. Floyd having an, an just a sh- really shitty uh, last month. Um, Canelo Triple G looks like the fight. Um, looks like they're gonna just go maybe directly into that fight. Um, some another a brand new Deontay Wilder excuse as to why he lost the fight. And sounds about it. So let's go. So it was one uh, hell of a month for Floyd. Um, first, uh, I think what March 10th, uh, his kid's mom passed away. And Floyd, to many people, is not a very likable character. But that's somebody's you know, partner, somebody he was with for a long time. And they did have a tumultuous relationship. Uh, she is the same woman that claimed that he beat her in front of their child. And... Uh, Mother of his three children, three of his four. Uh, I, I actually believe what five children now, but somebody, uh, he was deep, like deeply, uh, affectionate with. But man, it's just it's it's really sad because uh, you know, that, that's that's someone's mother, that's someone's sister, that's someone's someone's daughter, and you know, they. You could have all the money in the world, man, but that, I really I genuinely think that we as people can, we can relate to that, right? We could relate to um, having like a, someone close to us pass away, someone that means something to us pass away. And Floyd, he's rolling in money, but you saw the effect that it had, the toll that it took on him because of all his social media posts shortly after. Referring to her as his angel, as, you know, like his baby, as somebody he, I mean, he, he started just bringing back like old pictures of when he was a youngster, you know what I mean? <laughs> Rocking like some Fendi, some Prada, like just hugged up on, on, you know, that, that was his, that was his, his lady. And it's just, it's something, it, it was uh, like a, just a like, foreshadowing of things that were to come because that had to take such a huge toll on him and then i'm not sure if you could say more so or you know just uh one week later on march 17th uh his longtime trainer his uncle one of the a legitimately great boxer um roger mayweather passed away and roger to me um to most like boxing casuals and you know, TMT, LDBC, uh, fanboys, Roger coined maybe the, <laughs> the most popular phrase in boxing over the last 20 years. 
It is just simply, you don't know shit about boxing. So like one of the big arguments whenever you hear people just going back and forth, whether it be on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, whenever it's just whatever online, you hear people just say, or, you know, whenever they don't agree with someone, their response is, you don't know shit about boxing. And that that's something that uh, Roger came up with. And it's just it, it just stuck because it's funny. Um, but the dude was like a legit super featherweight all the way to, uh, to Walter weight. I believe he held championships in two different divisions. Um, super featherweight and light Walter weight. So 130 and 140, um, I believe like IBO champ, IBA champ, um, WBO champ. And he fought, he actually fought, uh, a who's who from of the people of like between 130 and 147 because he fought, uh, Chavez when he was pretty young. Um, he actually got stopped by him at 130 pounds and then he fights, um, Pernell Whitaker, he fought Vinny Paciencia, uh, fought Chavez again, fought Costa Zoo towards the end of his career. Um, he, he like during that time from the mid eighties to the early nineties, Roger fought plenty of really talented boxers, and was their original Black Mamba. Like he was, he was the Black Mamba before people referred to Kobe Bryant as a Black Mamba. He, I mean, there was a, he had a run at like 130, 135, 140, where they refer to him as a Mexican assassin, the executioner, the black mamba, the, the dude was a beast. Um, great fundamentals. And he was rugged. Yeah. He's been, he's been stopped plenty, plenty of times. I think he had like 72 fights. If I'm right, like 59 wins. That motherfucker was bad. You know what I mean? Like he, he just, he. I I remember watching like growing up watching some of his old fights too and thinking man this guy is he's he's dope and you see his um I I always felt like okay so like in so Floyd turned pro what after ninety six and that's when Roger kind of took over his uh started training him until I think like ninety eight when Floyd Senior got out of jail right that uh, Floyd was in uh junior's corner i think until 2000 maybe like two years got fired <laughs> dude, dude fired his dad and goes back to roger and to me i always felt like roger yeah like he, he was great with the defense the shoulder roll you know but that's something he got from floyd senior to me what was more impressive was i always felt like roger is what roger had more of an aggressive style than Floyd Sr. did, right? So, like, Floyd Sr., when he trained, like, let's say, Joanne Guzman, it was more like a like the defense of the shoulder roll, the don't, you know, don't hit, hit, don't be hit, the more pure, like, stylistic boxer, whereas to Roger, he kind of, I think he helped maybe bring out another side of Floyd where it was a little more aggressive and that chip on his shoulder kind of came out, and I, I really felt like, that was Roger's input into Floyd's psyche and his training. So really, uh, I mean, Roger is probably one, one of maybe the best 
five trainers, let's say, in the last 15, 20 years. He, I mean, he just was magnificent. And one of the things that you have to really look back to, and, and if you watch any of the 24 sevens and any documentary, if you go on YouTube, you see Roger working with so many kids, right? So let's say you, like, if you happen to go online and you look up, um, young Floyd cash flow Diaz and you go back into the, uh, into some of the videos, uh, from way back when you see him being like a little six, seven year old and doing mitt work with Roger. And you, you genuinely saw like how Roger would train these kids. Some of the the female fighters, even though like there was some little controversy where he uh, got into some altercation with one of his um, uh, one of the, one of the female boxers that was trained at this gym. But man, uh, I mean, shit, go back, look, uh, Zab Judah, right? Uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight. Zab starts resorting to like some low blows some rabid punching and roger's not putting up with that shit they separate him floyd goes to the corner ref's about to deduct some points here comes roger like just step you know going through the ring ropes and coming in and you have um judah like trying to attack him in this huge melee roger gets suspended for a year gets fined two hundred thousand dollars fucking one of the craziest scenes you'll see like in, in boxing but a dude had like that. That's his nephew, and he was gonna protect him. And anything that you know <laughs> that Zab was gonna do, at like anything crazy he was gonna do, Roger had already warned. If he fuck around, I'll, I'll get involved too. And the dude stuck to his word. So he's just he's just you know a caring uncle, a great trainer. And I, I really think um those two losses for Floyd over the last month have to be taking a huge toll on him you fast forward another couple of weeks then you have his daughter allegedly i mean we'll say allegedly stabbing uh the baby mama of a rapper named uh young boy never broke again right and you know you go on google you type in nba young boy the first thing that's going to come up is going to be uh ayana you know yaya mayweather you know, stabbing that dude's baby's mom twice because I apparently they have they're in a relationship. But you know, what's one of the crazy things is that I mean, I typed in NBA because I like man, I like hip hop, but I don't like that kind of hip hop. And I typed the dude's name in. You know, it's like okay, I got Mayweather. All right, NBA young boys got six babies, mamas, uh, fucking, and it's like. Yaya Mayweather, six baby mamas, whatever bullshit music, and then allegedly a dude's got herpes, <laughs> and this motherfucker's got hoes. Uh, man, it, look, if it's widely known that you have hoes, and you got hoes, but you got herpes, I, 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 I never knew herpes were like such a like a hot commodity. You know what I'm saying? Like this motherfucker out here, these bitches are fighting over him to get herpes. Like what the fuck? I don't know what the dude's doing. Hey, he's younger than me. He, boys, the dude's got money. He's got hoes and he's got herpes. And it's, I, I guess this motherfucker has a song about having herpes. I never. I, I didn't know fucking people were proud to have herpes. This shit is wild. But you know what? She uh, she gets out of, like, she posts a $30,000 bond. She goes right back to this motherfucker. He's on Instagram live. He wakes her up while she's sleeping 
And then um, <laughs> he's like on like Instagram live with her awake right next to him, looking like a straight crackhead, talking about like Floyd Mayweather is some bitch ass nigga. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> but you gotta love it, man. It's it's just it's like a it's like a um it's like a fucking like a hood soap opera you know what i mean this shit is like she like she legitimately she's facing up to like 99 years but uh she hired kurt schaefer who was the lawyer for jay prince from rap a lot records got that dude off uh plenty of experience so schaefer's already claiming that they're you know obviously they're going to plead not guilty and that they don't believe that she'll spend a day in jail so there's our justice system for us. So we got, oh man, Canelo, Triple G, Trilogy is agreed upon. We got to get over this fucking coronavirus, COVID-19 shit, man. I'm, I'm like me and myself, I'm sure every single boxer out there, everybody podcasting, every fucking sports nut is going absolutely insane being cooped up at home. You can't go fucking anywhere right now without wearing a mask, without worrying about being essential. You know, I got one of one one of the homies said, uh, you know, he <laughs> he was out and about because he was essential to the streets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that at that. Um, but it's just it's just wild to me. It, it's like we I miss the sport so much, and the excitement level now is just pretty much rumors. And, you know, the fights that guys have verbally agreed upon but have not signed a contract uh, for. Billy Joe Saunders got himself in trouble. This dude posted up some shit online about beating your girl and, you know, while stressed out, how to properly beat your girl and check her while, you know, you're you're quarantined. Had Had the British board, like, boxing like take away his boxing license so i mean he he wouldn't need that over here but does does own eddie hearn do they really want to kind of put up with that shit i know like eddie hearn himself has already kind of said this guy's a fucking idiot shouldn't shouldn't say something like that shouldn't promote beating women any of that kind of shit so it looks like just because of the time frame that canelo is going to go directly into a triple g fight that sounds good to me uh Golovkin with Jonathan Banks even before Jonathan Banks uh, as a trainer has looked like he's on this, a little bit of a decline uh if the fight happens to be at 168 pounds I think hopefully it, it uh I think it'll still favor Canelo but maybe seeing Golovkin at 168 because we've heard me have he's been sick in at least four fights I'm making 160 He's like 37, 38 years old. Maybe the extra eight pounds, that cut not being so severe, will affect him positively. Where he won't feel um, as drained, maybe won't have the flu towards the end. Because a lot, like it's a, for a lot of like the the boxing casuals, certain fighters they don't drink water really towards the end of the week before a weigh-in. Um, you'll see them in like sauna suits. You'll see them in saunas. They'll be on a you know on a spin bike on a like a treadmill. Just trying to burn every single ounce of uh, water weight that they can. 
and it might actually benefit Triple G because I mean he's he is up there in age. He's always kind of been the stalker. In the few fights where he where he's fought younger fighters that have a high volume, you've seen something different in him where he tries to outbox them, and then he also seems like he's not certain what to do on the back foot. So I I think um, maybe the eight pounds will actually help him out. But Canelo's riding a huge wave right now. The dude's the absolute best boxer in the whole sport. You like you, you you some people think that Crawford is this, Crawford is that, Lomachenko's this, Lomachenko's that. You could throw anybody up there. They don't have the resume, nowhere near the resume that Canelo Alvarez has. And it just it's a tribute to how much he's wanting to challenge himself. Now you could say, oh, some of those guys are a little bit over the hill. Yep. But he, you know, a lot of those guys that you claim were were over the hill was also when he was younger. I mean, because in his absolute prime, he fought Lara, Trout, Jacobs. Like the, you, you, he he has wins against legitimately good boxers at their peak. So I mean, I just I mean, even his last fight. As much as all the shit that people gave him, he still jumped up two weight classes, fought Sergey Kovalev, and put him out. Like that, that right hand was absolutely brutal. So let's say he moves his way back down to 168. Let's say he takes um, a Billy Joe Saunders fight after the Triple G fight. Okay, so he beats. Let's say let's say he wins, beats Triple G, fights uh, Saunders after that. Maybe goes after a Callum Smith. Decides maybe to, you know, move a little bit over and uh, fights either Andre, Charlo, or Callum Smith. I mean, Canelo is very well on his path of possibly being top two, top three greatest Mexican boxers of all fucking time. Ricardo Finito Lopez was absolutely perfect in his career, but never had, I think, the opposition they needed to. So the very two best Mexican boxers of all time is a young Salvador Sanchez who died tragically from a car accident, but had beat four different Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famers. And then you have Julio Cesar Chavez, who still has the most championship defenses of any boxer ever. More than Floyd, more than Ali, more than anyone. So he, uh, to me... Canelo, if Canelo could happen, let's say he beats, to me, if he beats Golovkin again, beats Billy Joe Saunders, and either Charlo or Andre, and if he beats three of those fighters, he he's just, at, he's there. He, he really is there. Um, he does rub people the wrong way sometimes, but I mean, he's just a dude. I think that likes his privacy would rather kind of, he's, um, maybe more of an introvert. Even I'd say, uh, a big part of like the Mexican fan base still doesn't really like him too much. I don't know if it's, uh, his allegiance to Oscar de la Hoya, even though they have a, they have a interesting (laughs) relationship, working relationship, but that Canelo is just something else. Now, if somehow Triple G were to happen to win that fight, that opens so much up for him. 
And I think we would look at Canelo a little bit different. Interesting fight, though, 168. I've seen uh, David Benavides. Uh, he's kind of he's kind of th- trying to throw his name out there. Caleb Plant out there, you know, 168. Those are, the, in my opinion, the very two best fighters in 168 for Canelo to fight. But Triple G, Billy Joe Saunders, you know, Charlo, man, the, the, fuck, dude. From 160 to 168, and then definitely 175. There are some very talented fighters. I, me personally, the one people, the one person that no one ever brings up is um, uh, Gilberto Ramirez, El, Sur, El Surdo. I, he is just, you know, he's tall, rangy, likes likes to find the inside. Also, to me, his style and David Benavidez's style would make for a war with Canelo. So that that's kind of one like one of the oddball fights that I like to see happen. Also. Deontay Wilder has a brand new excuse as to why he didn't win his fight against his rematch against Tyson Fury. He claimed today that he wasn't himself, that the person that was in that ring was a zombie. He has had apparently bicep surgery due to an injury coming from that fight and that he feels that Fury didn't actually beat him, and that Fury isn't the man. All right, so let's go. Let's go through the list. All right, number one. The suit that he wore into the ring was way too heavy. His legs were thrown out, and he made it into the ring. He wasn't the same person, so he didn't actually lose. Two. His corner was influenced by boxers outside of the ring who happened to train out of the Kronk gym who influenced his corner to throw in the towel when they shouldn't have and then he didn't really lose a fight we've got these fucking loser LDBC boxing so called fans um this retarded ass movement in boxing uh those guys are claiming that there's some glove gate, right? So like boxing ego and champ side and all these fucking retards. They're out there talking all this shit saying that, oh, they, that, you know, um, Fury cheated. He had a, uh, he had this glove on and he, he wasn't punching the way he should have. There was no padding in the glove. Just complete and utter bullshit. Anybody that knows boxing, anybody has ever had their hands wrapped. You understand the process multiple you take multiple gloves the commission inspects them they give you back your preferred glove of the ones which already been approved you then wear them when you when you get your hands taped up the opposing corners in the same locker room you are wrapping your gloves in front of them any issues that they have they present to the commission right then and there and then you can go up to a backup glove right that's the fucking process. It happens in every fucking championship fight. But you have people that swear by it and are not giving Fury credit. And now we have uh, Deontay Wilder claiming that he had a torn bicep, was a zombie in the ring, and he wasn't himself. So Fury still hasn't beat him, still isn't the man. 
he'll give us more information in the future because he's not trying to make excuses even though this motherfucker's given us like four or five different excuses already. So, just dude, just take the fucking loss, man. Take the loss. Go get better. If you need to change uh, some people in your camp, if you need a new training regiment, go ahead. Give the man his credit. Take it like a man. Show some fucking character. And then come back and show... Why you're the baddest dude at heavyweight. Knock him out. Or beat him. You know, go all 12 and beat him. And then hopefully we start seeing some... Maybe eventually we'll see a Anthony Joshua fight. But I genuinely feel that the more excuses that he makes, the worse he looks. And by not giving Fury the credit that he deserves, you're minimalizing... And you're tri- uh, even trivializing like the first fight, which so many people said, wow, like, y- yeah, you were out boxed for a lot of rounds, but you dug in deep and you almost had him like knock the fuck out. Right. So if you're saying Fury still hasn't beat you, Fury still isn't that good of a fighter. Well, how'd you go life and death with the fucking bullshit fighter? You know, just a couple of fights ago. <laughs> Tyson Fury on his part, I do. This long layoff can affect him adversely in the sense that, you know, he, he's whenever he's had free time on his hand, it hasn't gone too well. Boy likes doing coke. He likes partying, drinking. You know, he, he says, you know, like, you know, fuck around with like, it's <laughs> just partying with like hookers and shit like that. Like, the dude, I, sometimes he just says things and I think they're funny. And I, But you have to wonder, like, does he mean them? But God, they have a so they have their fight uh, scheduled uh, for the end of October. God, and I just hope to God that we have boxing by then because this this long layoff is, I think, affecting everybody negatively. Fighters don't get paid unless they're fighting. So, you know, one of the questions that's going to come up is: Are guys going to be willing to take multiple fights by the end of this year? Once it once this is all you know boils over, and are they going to be willing to take less money? Because it, I mean, these guys do live really lavish lifestyles, and as Clarissa Shields put it, the more money they make, the more money they spend, so they get accustomed to a certain lifestyle. And by all accounts, a lot of these guys do live like paycheck to paycheck, even though they're significant paychecks, but. But you know, if I'm if I'm accustomed to making one point two million, two million, three, four, five, six, seven million a fight, well, you got the IRS, you got your quarterman, you got training partners, you got so much shit to pay for. You got your squad, you got every, you know what I mean. Like you got your parents, your families, you got so many things to pay for. Because you figure, okay, well, I'm just gonna make it up on the next fight. Like you don't hear too much about boxers who retire being successful that uh, successful like deep into the life like some of the great the biggest legends in boxing have gone broke because there's they're not unionized there's no there's, there's nothing for them after fighting like you make your money while you're in the sport you got to make your money while you can you can't blame these guys for you know wanting to make the most amount of money that they can but in the situation we're in right now where we can't have fans you know in arenas 
is it smart to maybe do like a boxing fight where let's say there's only two bouts, right? At whatever arena with no crowd for a little bit less money, but at least you're making something and you're remaining active. So, I mean, there's there was some pretty good fights lined up. Hopefully we get to see them sooner rather than later, but we just got to like hope this shit all like just goes over and that it's safe to do this because as far as I'm concerned, um, right, as far like to my knowledge, the only thing that I've seen as far as being uh, essential is the WWE down in Florida, and that was just this week. So they're no longer having like pre-taped wrestling uh, events. Everything's going to be live now without fans in the arena. I'm sure plenty like Eddie Hearn. Bob Arum, everybody's probably going to shoot over to Florida and try and figure out what they could do to try and just start having some of these fights happen. And if it's not, if it, if not that, then it appears that they're going to have to go to some like the tribal land and like some of those casinos that are like native land where they don't necessarily have to abide by like commission laws and stuff like that. But it's just it's just something to think about. But man, I'm just. <laughs> I've liked I've I've liked Wilder for years, and he really does seem like he has a really cool personality and is a good dude. So the, it just it can get pretty annoying, like having him say that he feels like you know he hasn't lost. Man, like I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been listening. Uh, it, it had been a few weeks already, so um, all right, got to start um, jumping back into the groove of things and just having this shit flow, um, either gonna have to do like some call-in recordings with some buddies or something, cause this shit is rough, man, we got, we got to, we're supposed to be social, like, distancing from each other, and with not some, like, not too much sports news going on, it's kind of, it's kind of hard, you know, to just bring up some of these topics, I mean, pretty much the topics that we went over tonight have actually been over the last month. So, I just uh, want to keep on creating content, um, checking in with uh, any of the listeners, any news, any opinions. If you guys got them, you can shoot them. Um, I'll post the link to leave voice messages or or questions. Man, it's just it's, it's been a little bit rough, and I understand like people like it, it's rough out there, you know, with the way the economy's been on uh, over the last months, even shit. To, the last week, um, I had actually, uh, started making some shirts, shirts, mugs, um, some accessories with the boxing and bullshit logo, <coughs> excuse me, and it pretty much like the stuff that I had ordered, uh, Printful, um, sent me an email and pretty much saying like, hey, we can't fulfill these orders for God knows how many weeks, um, and as soon as you can get, uh, as soon as we can, we'll ship them, but it's, uh, it's already been a couple of weeks, so I'm just waiting, um, but I, like, I really appreciate every single person out there who listens, likes, shares, comments, any of that, man, like, we, uh, we were on a roll, it felt good, had plenty of people listening, like, it's crazy, like, all, like, people in the UK, uh, Ireland, Mexico, Obviously, here in the U.S., uh, I appreciate. I just, I really, genuinely like appreciate every single person that listens. So, and again, 
I'm your host, it's Alex Diaz, Boxing and Bullshit. Good night.